Hi, Peter Borke here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guide. Now joining me today in the studio is John Driscoll, who is CEO of Naked Developments. Welcome to today's episode, John. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me on. Now, pleasure to have you. And one of the things I really want to talk about is your recent keynotes. Now, your talk, your keynotes at the moment is Dream Big, Think Small. Mm-hmm. Why is yeah. it important to dream, dream big right now? Well, it's funny. It, I, I think you find that most CEOs, most founders uh, will, go, will, will go to both ends of the spectrum. They will have big dreams and they will be poor at trying to execute those dreams. You know, and, and I think it's important, you know, as we've seen, you know, people like Grant Cardone in his book 10X and we've seen, you know, even uh, Good to Great where it talks about, you know, BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. That, that part of a CEO being successful is having crazy dreams. We've all seen that. But what we also see is that they don't, they're, they're often very, not very good at figuring out how to execute those dreams. And to me, I, that's where thinking small is, is really important. That, you know, the example I use in the keynotes is Amazon. Um, that they started, you know, clearly he named it Amazon, right? That's a big thing. We know that's the biggest river in the world. And the the story goes, he was actually thumbing through the dictionary and going through the A's and he got the Amazon and he was thinking this thing was going to be really big. And so he named it Amazon. Um, There was other names that were, Cadabra was one of them and Relentless was the other name he was toying around with. And if you go to relentless.com, it'll, it'll take you to Amazon still today. But um, he got there. And so he had this crazy dream, but he started with books. And I see that was the secret sauce of what Jeff Bezos did with Amazon. He had a crazy dream, but he started with something really, really small. You know, he wanted to sell products all over the world. And most CEOs I've worked with would try, would have tried to come out with a hundred products or 50 products or 20 products in the beginning, but he started with books. Well, he had the vision. He had the vision originally to be the everything store, didn't he? That was where he wanted to be. He knew what he wanted to do from the beginning, but like you said, he needed to be very good at one thing. Yeah. If you can't do one thing really well, how are you supposed to sell everything? And, and I think that that's the problem. The problem, a lot of people, they say, oh, I'm trying to diversify, you know, in my business. And I'm like, you mean you're trying to be all things to all people? That, that's what I hear. And so you have to be incredibly focused and then expand. When, so the problem is when you're thinking big, you often think big, right? Think big in that way, but don't, think that that means you have to try to do everything. And I think that's where everybody goes wrong. Do you think people diversify to compensate for bad performance in a certain area? So they've got challenges, they've not executed well, therefore they think that if they diversify, that's going to solve the problem of ill execution. Absolutely. And I think diversification is often uh, a symptom of... uh, somebody being insecure about their business. 
If you're insecure about what it is that you have as a business, you're going to try to do a lot of things. You know, I equate a lot of this stuff to dating. And maybe that's because I'm a single guy, 50 years old. And that's such an interesting way of going about life. But imagine I, I walk in and I go up to a girl. I'm like, you know, um, I can do really anything you want. I can be whoever you want me to be. That, that's not a real confident guy. and no, That's not very attractive to people. And I would say as a product, if you're trying to be all things to all people, that's not something I'm interested in buying because you're not really good at what you do. I want a specialist. I want somebody who's obsessed with the thing that they sell and do as a service. I don't want somebody who's like, hey, whatever you'll write me a check for, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't get that. I don't, I don't get that as a good strategy. And I, I think that's why people are struggling to grow sometimes. But then if you look at someone like Bezos and Amazon, he was a very purpose-driven business. Yeah. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And everyone, there's been a lot of bitching about Bezos, about the tax he pays and everything and how he's been unfair <laughs> yeah. and all of this. Yeah. But what's interesting is people are still voting with their wallets and he's yeah. growing year on year. And the reason he's growing year on year is because whether people like it or not, his organization adds value. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I think the the big word, you know, I, I had the real privilege to meet uh, the founder of Netflix. And the thing that he said was that if you can remove friction from the consumer's life, then you can pretty much name your price. And I think that's essentially what Amazon has done. I can get, you know, I can order um, a hammer and have it delivered to my house before you and I get done with this podcast. And by making my life easier like that, I don't really care what this guy does. <laughs> you know? yeah. he's, he's making my life easier. And you know, you, you're, you're right. People are voting with their wallets. You know, there's, there's nobody else can offer me that. Nobody. But what's interesting, he's actually, if you take the organization, the organization has spent decades mastering technology. Yeah, They really absolutely. have innovated to the point where they, it was like they were getting ready for a world-changing event like the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic kicked in and they said, no problem. You know, that's a, that's such a really interesting subject because when pandemic started um, and, and we felt it, I think a little bit later than you guys did, but um, when it hit us, uh, you know, I, I, I was really, you know, kind of like, Hey, what are we going to do? You know, like, you know, we, we, sitting there looking at our numbers, like, what can we survive on? How are we going to make this happen? You know, because we had a lot of contracts, you know, that just went away overnight. And I felt all that fear, you know, and that's because that's what people do when they, when they're afraid, they just, they stop spending, they stop trying to develop, they stop, they stop a lot of activities, they stop marketing. And so we sat down and we had a meeting and um, we tried to think of where the opportunity is going to be, you know, in this. And can we point 
our business at those. And what we found was, is that people were desperate to find solutions during pandemic to continuing their business. And technology was a catalyst for that. And we saw it. Zoom became this thing that everybody understood. And even though, gosh, it was around a lot longer than, longer than that. But, but it sucked it, earlier. You take something like Zoom. Yeah. And the pandemic hit. Zoom sucked. It oh, was a terrible. basic rubbish yeah. video conferencing solution. Yeah. Yeah. But for two years now, towards the end of the pandemic, it's no longer a video conferencing solution. It's a video collaboration solution. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they created a lot of, you know, now they have apps involved and they started creating this infrastructure. But I think, you know, when these things happen and we, you know, who knows, we don't know if we're out of this. We don't know what's going to happen next. Right. When, you know, whether it's that or the market does this, I think we always have to be like, okay, where's the opportunity? There's always opportunity when things get tough and yeah, you might have to make some tough decisions. That's all part of being a CEO, but at the same time, where is the opportunity? What can I do? And technology was the way to insulate yourself from loss of business. And in fact, it created opportunity. We grew during pandemic. We did not just, we thought we were just going to try to stay the same. We're like, let's just insulate ourselves. But we actually doubled our business in that year. Yeah. And that's interesting. You doubled your business in that year. Did you ever lose sight of your dream? No, no, not at all. I think. So so why do you think you managed to hold on to your dream? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see so many examples where you talk about dreaming big. These people retrenched like you wouldn't believe. There was no more dreaming. It was like they went into fear mode. And you could see the business shrink as a result. Yeah, think of yourself as an entrepreneur. You've always bet on yourself, right? You said, hey, listen, I could go get a job and I could go rent my time back to other people who believe that they can make more money with my time than I can. But as an entrepreneur, you've said, no, 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 I'm better at taking that time and multiplying it. So when things are tough, that's still true. You just, you might have to make some adjustments, but I think you, you, you can't be, if you're going to be in fear mode, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur at all. (laughs) Anyways, this is not for uh, people who are trying to take the safe route. You know, actually I, I kind of debate that a little bit. I would rather have control of my own future than be out there hoping some company is going to keep me on. Uh, that scares, that's scary. You know, I haven't had a job, a normal job in 20 years. So I, I don't even know what that feels like anymore, but I would be so scared. But like, what if they're going to get rid of my department? What are they going to, man, which happens, scary. It, it happens, happens a lot more today than it did 20 years ago. You know, now, you know, companies now they, they change on a dime or they get eaten up and, you know, sold and bought and all these other things. You don't know if you're going to be around. That's, I don't think having a job is a safe route anymore. I think betting on yourself and then making sure you execute. That's, to me, that's the safer bet. 
So look, people, people tuning in, there's going to be some that have done exceptionally well over the last couple of years. As you said, they've dreamt big, they've executed well, and they've looked at the opportunities that the pandemic presented, and there were loads of opportunities. As they say, where there is shit, there's fertilizer, and there's plenty of fertilizer out there. But what do you give, what, what do you say to those entrepreneurs? What advice can you give them where they've stopped dreaming? And perhaps they need that mental reset. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I think we do get beat up sometimes in business. Um, and we get into this space where, you know, we do stop dreaming. We're, I, 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 let me say it a different way. We're afraid to dream because we're afraid to dis, be disappointed again. Um, and I, I've definitely been there in, 20, in the last 20 years. I felt that. Um, and I would just say you're, you're probably a few small victories away from believing again, you know, and that's where the think small is. A lot of times we're trying to look for a home run all the time. Let me, I need this home run to believe again. All right. I need this home run for my business to succeed. I don't think business is done in the home runs. I don't think we ex- succeed in the, the home runs. I think we succeed in base hits. You know, it's, it's just about not to use a baseball analogy. I, I, I don't you know, know if that's totally relevant for your audience, but I would just say this. It's, it's the small things that make the difference. It's not trying to you know, make one thing happen that's just going to change everything. A lot of times that one sale, you know, it's like this one sale is going to just save us and this one thing's going to save us. And I think that that's real false hope. I don't think you should be worried about that. What you should be looking for is a way to systematically do a lot of great small things you know i i liken it to trying to lose weight my son's getting married next month i'm gonna have to wear a suit and i'm like man i want to be in real good shape for this because these pictures are gonna li- live on right and i could be like oh i'm gonna lose i'm gonna juice for five days straight and i'm gonna lose 10 pounds in one week that is possible actually but i would rather just little by little do what it takes to get there. And we all know how to be healthy and we all know how to run a healthy business. It's not done in the big diet. It's done in the daily habits, you know? And I, I think that's, that's what you got to get back to. You got to get back to the fundamentals. Yeah. And James Clear talks about that brilliantly in Atomic Habits. He is the master. Okay. That's the book. That's the book that changed my life. Yes, it's it's the small things. Yeah, but there's the small yeah. things consistently. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, to me, our company and its health has to do with whether I'm up at five a.m. That's it. If I'm if I'm up at five a.m. and I'm you know hitting the gym by six and I'm doing those little things that matter to keep me healthy because me being healthy has a lot to do with how this company stays healthy. And I'm watching the dollars and I'm, you know, keeping everybody in a good spot. It's not rocket science. You do that stuff every day, you're going to win. It goes back to the thing, doesn't it? It goes back to that discipline, having that discipline, having those habits and come what may maintaining them. And that's the one thing I love about David Goggins. When you talk about discipline, that man's just a machine. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it, you know, it didn't happen overnight, right? He, it took time, you know. And he's still going at it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I tell everybody that. I said, if you're looking for this to be a quick win, and a lot of times people come to technology for that. They think, oh, I'm going to build this business. They're going to get a million people and it's going to sell in two years. I'm like, listen, that happens sometimes, but those are really rare examples. Most examples I see are, hey, it took five, seven years and you sold it for $200 million and nobody even heard of you. Well, as Jim Collins said, the 20-year march, (laughs) most businesses don't really start taking off until their 20th year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, by the way, I'm a huge Jim Collins guy too. I I think it's, it's, it's very much... People get tired of the monotony of being an entrepreneur sometimes, yeah. the daily grind. And I think you should, you need to embrace the daily grind. Look at Tom Brady, you know, sorry, I'm using all these terrible sports analogies. That's okay, we got Google, it's fine. Yeah, he's at it, he was at it for 22 years and he just, you know, he lost a lot of games, he won a lot of games, but this guy is going out as probably the greatest American football player we've ever seen. And he wasn't that talented. You know, he didn't have, he just, he loved the grind. And I think that's where, that's where the, the, the real success is. And, um, you know, people always look at the big things you did, but they don't, they don't see the 20 things you failed at, and you know, gosh, the bad decisions I've made. Somebody asked me recently on a podcast, you know, do you have any regrets? I'm like, gosh, let me get my list out. Are you kidding? I have so many regrets. Um, Jeez, but, I, I didn't get in cryptocurrency early enough. You know, that was a terrible idea. Yeah. But some people will say it's still early doors. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. I'm, I'm holding out for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what experts are saying, they're still saying it's baby cap and it's still in its infancy. So yeah. I would say that you're, you're at the right time. But here's the thing, though, isn't it, really? It's about making sure that you don't have the regrets and you've got that resilience to keep going on and you don't dwell on the things that you haven't done and you focus on the things that you are doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So people... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go, please. No, I was going to say, I love the books that you read and the way you're thinking because I feel like we read all the same stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, it's the stuff that you see people achieving over a set period of time. You look at Goggins, I mean, he did, I mean... He was the only person ever to go through Hell Week three times. I mean, who does that? Not me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, that's crazy. And if that wasn't enough, he did Power Rescue. He did the Rangers. Yeah. And actually, he also went in for Delta Force. Yeah. And he would have actually got that had he not been so complacent. Yeah. It was that momentary lack of concentration that cost him that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that because it it I I believe the ones that are gonna do well are always the ones that embrace the grind. It's in and your David Goggins is a great example of that. But I think it's you know the, the 20 mile march you mentioned, you know, and Jim Collins, it's it's just about hey, get up every day. Do the thing. And that's what I tell founders when I'm meeting them and they're 23, 24 years old and they're asking me, how do you get there? And I'm like, man, it's just have an amazing sense of 
what it is you're trying to do every day and have the habits surrounding it and get up every day and do it. And if you have a girlfriend at 23, you don't, don't get one. Wait till you're 30. Wait till you have some success. You. you know, I'm just saying like, get the distractions out of your life, make your life simple. You know, people are trying to complicate everything so much, you know, and we wonder why we don't get anything done. I think my job is very simple. Hire wonderful, talented, great, loyal people and put a great infrastructure around them. That's my job. Yeah. That's it. it. It's, there's not, there's not that much more to it than that. And uh, I, I think, you know, that's the problem. We, we just complicate it too much. And as you said, embrace the daily grind and perhaps remember that you are, sometimes you are only three feet from gold, which is another yeah. one of my favorite books by Sharon Lecter. I have not read that. I've got to, I'm going to have to add that to my list. Yeah. So if people want to sort of understand a little bit more about what you do uh-huh. and connect with you, what do they do? Yeah, just go to nakeddev.com. Our website's a great place to start. Um, you know, certainly can grab us on Instagram or YouTube under those same uh, Naked Dev. Um, and yeah, absolutely reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for being a great guest, John. If anything's resonated with you today and you want a bit more information, you're getting stuck in the daily grind, but you don't see a way through it, head over to balker.com, get in touch. If you love today's episode, please make sure that you subscribe. You share it with others so that other people can benefit. And always remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. And in many of the books that we discussed today, it's a fantastic way of learning. John, thank you. It's been amazing having you on as today's guest. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it.